Welcome to Northern Nevada Green Living Podcast, where we support your quest for a happier, healthier, planet-friendly life that supports you, your family, and community. We share local information, resources, and support, and opportunities to volunteer for projects that help clean, protect, and repair the environment. This episode is a bonus episode from another show. It includes an interview of a Northern Nevada local who is taking green action through their vocation, volunteer work, or hobby. These stories are interesting and informational and are a great way to get to know our local community better. Today on our podcast, we're speaking with someone who has been working as a farm intern, learning various techniques and approaches to organic farming. We're talking with Tanner Petrilla. Tanner, after attending community college in Reno, Nevada, has since worked at four different farms, learning what works best with various growing conditions, types of crops, and holistic land management methods. So welcome, Tanner. Thank you, Jenny. So what planted the seed for you to consider taking some kind of planet-friendly green action? My own personal health was the first introduction that I had to planet-friendly action. I was studying nutrition and I started to get really interested in healthy foods and I was really wondering what it meant to be healthy. That kind of led me into into farming. And then I started to see there was so much more to being healthy. It wasn't just about eating broccoli. It was about the whole system, you know, in a broad scale is like with growing a good broccoli plant and having healthy soils and whatnot. So nutrition in in college at TMCC was the was the introduction for me. What were some of the places that you came across that helped you to realize that there was another dimension to that? Uh, it's a great question. It's really, I was just so interested in having like fresh food. That was like my whole world. And I ended up going on a long bicycle trip, riding my bike to Oregon. And I was still constantly looking for fresh food. And then I was in this like little tiny local grocery store on the coast of Oregon and found that like this amazing produce and these baby starts um, from a local farm called Corvus Landing Farm. And then once I set foot on the farm, then things started, I started to see like a bigger picture of the world. And I was always interested in, in plants, but that was when I started connecting the dots, like a carrot starts as a seed and it's a little sprout, tiny little Y-shaped sprout. And then that to taste the, a full grown carrot too, it was those are the big turning points for me. So I found myself just wondering about market gardening and reading John Martin Fortier's book, The Market Gardener, and reading New Organic Grower at that time upon recommendation from the farmer there, Carolina at Corvus Landing, and just asking like the really simplest questions. Like I was so amazed by like like thinning. I just spent I spent hours thinning and weeding and like, is this a weed or is this a plant that you like? And a lot of the thinning was from cover crops she'd done in the past, buckwheat or uh, some rye or something like that. And so I was weeding a lot of these weeds and I was like, why do you plant these plants? And all I do is spend my whole day weeding these plants. And um, so it was like so many questions. And I, I love that. That was one of the best moments in my life was the naive just introduction into farming and into growing plants because it took me a long time. I wasn't ever based, I wasn't ever growing plants when I was younger and I wasn't even interested. Uh, I didn't, I grew up in Tahoe and I just, I kind of like, I didn't connect those dots that there was like a holistic system going on all around me every day that I spent outside, like digging or climbing trees. Like I never just thought I just enjoyed being outside. So, yeah. So how long did you end up staying at that farm in Oregon working there? I stayed for seven months. I camped out. I got there in May and I worked and volunteered like uh, until about October. And then things really slowed down. It gets really rainy from October to November. So I stayed in, but eventually found myself 
being brought back to Reno to work at Prema and to study some yoga. So we've recently interviewed Casey Crispin with Prema Farm. So what were some of the really interesting things that you learned there um, that you took with you to the next place? It's been cool because everything's been continuously unfolding for me. Corvus Landing, the farm in Oregon, did tractor tillage. They had a BCS tiller and they would till their field. Uh, they'd do cover crops and they'd till the cover crops in and it would just be like this this steaming mess of flies and composting stuff happening in these cover cropped areas. Zach at Prima does no-till, so there's no BCS. He actually has a BCS, but we never used it. So that was the first shift was going from tractor tillage, really effective tractor tillage. And I've learned recently that the tractor tillage that Carolina does, she's very well justified in that tillage. She's been farming for, I think, eight years now. She has some really beautiful points that I could expand on at some point. Zach's farm, Prema Farms, Casey and Zach, no-till. They use a lot of tarpage to minimize weeds. So I found myself... I'm sorry, did you say tarpage? Yeah, like sil- they're called silage tarps. They're like very large tarps, or we actually use billboards, old recycled billboards to use as ground cover throughout the winter, or, or even if the if the beds needed to rest or whatnot, um, and it would allow the weed seeds, the, the seeds in the ground to germinate and then eventually die from being from having no light exposure, but the heat and the moisture would germinate all the seed. So it was a beautiful way. And that was a big breakthrough that I got to be a part of kind of Zach had been working on that land for like three years before and just battling intense Nevada weeds, native weeds. And then once he tarped, it was like a, a whole new canvas. It was a blank canvas to start on. And we we essentially would spend, I'd spend like one day a week. I was mostly farmhand there and I'd spend like one day a week doing like intense weeding. But besides that, it was like so much of it was planting and harvesting, planting and harvesting, as well as construction at Prema. Like we were building a lot of greenhouses. We built, I got to participate in building a couple hundred foot greenhouses and the propagation house that's now changed into a a more sophisticated propagation house and a walk-in cooler. A lot of like just cutting edge stuff that I got to peek into this this world, kind of this Curtis Stone market gardener world. So it was a really big shift going from being a volunteer working 25 hours a week, sitting on the ground and weeding for six hours and just loving life. And I'm not going to say I didn't love my life at Prima, but it was different. It was like, you love life, but you're in this like this like kind of intense flow state of harvesting huge amounts of food off of like really small areas. Like sometimes we're, I think he's improved since then, but sometimes we'd harvest like 45 to 60 pounds of, of spring mix, which is, it's a lot of spring mix like at a time. And we'd pro we'd wash it and get it directly in the cooler. I learned about efficiency at Prema and I learned about maximizing my time and, and just how precious time is because the idea, and they're at a beautiful point now where their time is so efficient that they're able to take, I think, two days off a week. The first year when I worked there, we I worked six days and I, Zach must have worked seven days. If there was eight days, he would have worked eight. Like he was just never stopped working that year. And so I think they're at a beautiful point where there's such efficiency in the work that there's also a work-life balance and learned a lot. So now you're working for Desert... Um, desert farming initiative. So what are some of the things that you're learning learning there? Right now, I'm uh, just absolutely steeped in plant propagation. We have a really beautiful um, greenhouse heating and evaporative cooling, as well as a germ chamber and lots of heat mats and space. 
it must be a 70 foot by 30 foot greenhouse, something like that. So we have up to 20, 24 tables, pretty large tables that we're propagating plants for multiple farms in the area. I, I think I can mention what farms, but it's like First Fruits Farm and Latin Farm and some um, for a nonprofit called Farmily and Urban Roots. It's like really a, a beautiful space where we're able to work with the propagation side of um, our local food production. And so recently it's been different because I didn't do propagation at Prema. And so I've been mostly doing plant propagation, caring for the greenhouse, as well as working in the field and planting in our around the campus at at EFI we have seven greenhouses and four acres of of field land so the days are full and the quarantine has affected our ability to uh, be as productive as we can because we haven't taken any volunteers and we're a a very volunteer oriented farm. Just out of curiosity when they choose seed varieties do they also consider biodiversity in terms of heirloom varieties and or do they kind of look at most efficient hybrids and things that grow in the area? It, that's a really awesome question. It's like so fun to answer a question like that because I think about it a lot. And essentially like the, the baseline is for our organic certification. You have to source organic seeds. If there's no organic seeds available for the plant you're trying to grow, you have to provide like three resources at least that you try to seek out organic seeds from, from those providers and they didn't have organic seeds. We're organic certified through the local organics there. It's actually through the California based organic certifier, which I, I just can't remember the name off the top of my head, but it's very commonly known um, organic certifier. And they, they've been certifying throughout the, across the entire nation. You can see their, their logo. Yeah. It's been interesting just to, because I'm getting to propagate so many plants and so many varieties. And I really am, am interested in, in like getting, growing the right plants and funding and buying seeds from the right types of companies that are doing practices that I believe in, but it, it just varies. But we've, we've used some hybrid seed and it's like, I'm not the biggest fan of using hybrid seed, but I'm also just kind of looking at the production side as well as pest mitigation side. Like we have big issues with geese. So it's all, it's all learning curve and we're all learning together in this, in this region, which I love as far as what grows well in the desert. Some of the plants are hybrid. We source mostly from Johnny's, but there's a lot of cool tomato seeds like Tomato Fest or Sustainable Seed Co. And maybe like a biodynamic seed from Territorial Seed Company. But Johnny's is definitely king as far as seed, seeds go. Nice. So what have been your unique talents um, and skills that you are bringing to what you're doing that is helping you? I love watching plants grow and I love working outside every single day, being able to come into the workspace and, and like to leave the workspace, like just craving to learn more and more is uh, a skill that I can bring. And I can hopefully make that contagious with the people that I work with. Just I'm I'm focused. I really want to learn about plants and I want to learn about the farmer's interaction with the plants and I want to learn about composting. And uh, so just that, that like that desire, that craving to learn more, uh, everything involving working with life is hopefully my biggest skill. And it's what keeps me going and like doing long days. I still want to come home and work in my garden. So do you see yourself in the future trying to start your own farm? Do you have kind of a, a game plan roughed out or... I'm going to keep learning like as much as I can about about farming, but more so about holistic land management. And 
and then I hope that the community just that like the needs of the community are there. Like we all need, like we all want great organic food and we all want like a abundant environment to live in, like a, an environment that's rich and lush and, and we're in the desert, but an environment that is conscious of the desert. And so I, I want to just keep learning and then fill in needs of the community um, as we decide them. Like I love building, but nonetheless, like I would really love to have a, a seed saving farm in this region. So I'm definitely like, I have goals and stuff, but I also don't have any money. Like I'm totally broke because I've just been doing like farming jobs. So I'm just going to keep learning and then hopefully I'll get uh, opportunities to kind of move towards exactly what I like. But right now I'm doing exactly what I like. Like I'm working on a farm and learning in a really dynamic way. So do you have any recommendations for others that might be considering um, interning on a local farm where they are? Do you have any recommendations for them? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Go to the farmer's market after the quarantine, go to the farmer's market, meet the farmers, make connections and taste like new vegetables, like go to the store and taste vegetables that you've never tried before. Just start expanding your palate and start to see maybe get into foraging and local foraging, especially in tasting different plants and seeing the way that plants grow. I would recommend that. And I would also recommend feeling the soil around the areas that we that we travel through, like maybe go to Dog Valley and feel the soil in Dog Valley or go to Mount Rose Meadows and feel the soil there and smell it, smell the flowers, but immersing yourself in, in the world of plants and life and it'll lead you to the right place. It's so cool to see my my farming friends who I've worked with in the past and just they followed their interests along, they followed the breadcrumbs of their interests and wonderful, like my two coworkers at Crema and Dana was really enjoyed growing flowers. So she grew a ton of flowers at Crema. It was like a big, a big undertaking. Now she's expecting a baby and growing this beautiful flower farm at her house in her front yard and they're called 509 flowers and i just got um, my friend a bouquet from her and the, the flowers it's like a week later and they're still like fresh and alive and beautiful and fragrant so do you have um, a book or a video or website that has been particularly helpful to you that you'd like to recommend for a time it was amazing to get to do farm work and read elliot coleman's new organic new organic grower uh reading that book was like this gospel for me for a year because I would read about harvesting techniques and weed cultivation and reading about these in Elliot Coleman's way uh, was really influential for just going out in the field and doing it and like being like really stimulated by the work. A wonderful book as well as uh, it's called Miraculous Abundance that Tom Stilley recommended for me. And it's about these two French farmers who have integrated like every aspect imaginable of a holistic system into their production permaculture and um, on a quarter acre in this like in this valley in France that is relatively infertile. So those are two two big books that I've read. So you studied permaculture also at some point? I've been studying permaculture um, in my own my own way. I would really love to do a permaculture design course, but I haven't had the time to do it. But that's something that I would love to do. And it's kind of really cool because permaculture is integrating into our local food system. Like we're building native hedgerows at DFI. It's kind of something that, um, and also uh, Reno Local Food Systems just did a beautiful hedgerow of currants and blackberries and 
they'll be it's like we a big thing to have a wind protection here so uh in studying permaculture though it really blossomed for me was working at river school farm seeing tom stilly's just like amazing work like everything he does is just beautifully designed and his knowledge of plants is is endless and and then him loving birds just all the same like as he loves plants like he he really helped me to see a new world as far as living with plants and living with animals and so um uh yeah permaculture is is endlessly interesting for me could you explain a little bit the um the thinking behind hedgerows i've just learned a little bit about it how would you explain that to someone else how it's useful to to include them in your garden yeah i'm just learning about it too it's interesting to go multiple seasons without ever experiencing hedgerows um uh in this area it's relevant in oregon it was never relevant where i was at because we were in like a very lush forest and there wasn't like strong wind sweeping through constantly but the idea with the hedgerow is that they provide wind block they provide a a habitat for native species like birds and insects and and snakes and whatever else wants to live there it varies on what type of plants so i'm really curious like at dfi we have some pine some pine trees and we have some currants and a native fern bush so we have some like different varieties but it depends what you plant i think people could do hedgerows with cedar trees and stuff if you're really patient so how would you like people to contact you right now i'm like really working to get the young farmers coalition um, started so hopefully we'll get a a Facebook page for the Nevada Young Farmers Coalition going. And I think that'd be a great way to be contacted as far as um, farming uh, connections go. And my vision for the Farmers Coalition is that we could do tours of local farms. And we already do the, we already do really cool stuff like that in the permaculture club, but it would just be another, another means to connect people to, to farming and what they're interested in. Do you have an email that's actually working now that somebody could really contact you? Uh, yeah, Instagram is great. Like, it's just my Instagram account is my name. And I, I check it a lot, but I don't update it kind of in a space where I'm just learning and trying to, you know. You want to spell out your name? Oh, sure. Yeah, it's uh, Tanner Petrilla 27, T-A-N-N-E-R-P-E-T-R-I-L-L-A 27. Yeah, and I would, I would love to connect and to work in gardens together and to share what I've learned and to learn to keep learning together. Thank you for listening to Northern Nevada Green Living Podcast. We encourage you to subscribe to this show so we can send you monthly episodes and keep you up to date on opportunities for eco-friendly living in Northern Nevada. For now, please take good care of you and yours, stay well, and help us all make this a kinder, healthier, and greener community for all.